Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo right there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in outfit everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and back with me as always is sam chung hello it's great to be back marissa i have a new sound for the soundboard should i debut it now or later Ooh, later <laughs> do you want to debut it now I, I could go either way i like when we give context before we introduce a new sound to the soundboard. All right, but just a preview, it is, of course, another Sam McGuire clip. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's what the soundboard is. So, you know, I'm slowly building out the soundboard. Lots of Sam McGuire content. So much drama. <laughs> it's been, I would say, a light few weeks on Sam, but he comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, he comes back big in this episode, and you know what? I needed him. I needed him back. My namesake. We have had some exciting content in the last week to consume. Wait, you're of course referring to the Netflix original film Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the film that I got five minutes into because, you know, as much as everyone is saying it's a delightful surprise, Will Ferrell is just too much for me. I am a Will Ferrell fan. I might I might watch it on my own later on when you're not when you're not around. <laughs> Although I don't know when you'll not be around because you're literally always around now. You're literally always around <laughs> you're, now. You're literally always around now. So you you weren't talking about that though. I was not talking about that. I was talking about of course Hamilton, what everybody is talking about right now because it's essentially the democratization of one of the most popular Broadway musicals in recent memory. And now millions of people, you know, across the world are seeing Hamilton for the first time. So that the frenzy that happened when the musical had its moment back in 2016, it feels like it's back in the cultural zeitgeist right now in an interesting way. I saw it three years ago with my sister, but it was your first time. Yes, this was the first time that I'd seen Hamilton, and it was just okay for me. It fell into the trap that I think a lot of musicals fall into, which is like forgoing plot for the sake of music, which, you know, isn't my favorite. And also, you know, even though this is like the democratization, as you say, of the musical, the entire song is the musical. There's nothing additional that you get out of the musical that you couldn't just get by listening to the soundtrack. That is mostly true. There are a few moments, like he emotional moments that they left out of the soundtrack but that's true of any opera right that's true of rent that's true of les mis they're operas they're sung from beginning to end yeah that's just not my jam and that is totally my jam that's like i think rent and les mis are among my favorite musicals and yeah there's a lot of hamilton discourse i think it's important to um like be aware of the criticism and 
really like listen to those dissenting voices right now because it does feel like it, it Hamilton hits differently in 2020 I think than it did in 2016 I think that Hamilton for me outside of all the discourse that's happening about the show itself I think what is a more interesting conversation is one of accessibility and why can't we be doing this for every show money but like Broadway is such an elitist and privileged space. We know we live here. We go to shows. Well, went to shows when we could getting, you know, discount tickets whenever we could because we can't afford to pay $200 plus per ticket to go to a show. Most people cannot like Broadway is very much for a certain type of person and who lives in a certain part of the country and It's so, we just saw how easy it was to film a high quality stage production. So why, why can't this be normal? It's not going to stop people from filling the seats in the theater because there's nothing like live theater. It's like sports, right? Sports are aired live, but people still go to the events. It's, It's not exactly the same as sports. Sports, you don't know the outcome, and it's different every time. Whereas the the goal of a Broadway show is to make it as is to make each show as similar to the shows that came before it as possible. Well, I think it's a worthwhile conversation. I hope that this paves the way to making theater more accessible in well-done ways because, you know, we have seen stage shows a many that the networks put on that are not great. But in what was possibly, at least for me, more exciting news was also the drop of the Babysitter's Club Netflix series. And I think that I did want to talk about this because content-wise, it's, you know, targeting the same audience that Lizzie McGuire targets, right? It's middle grade in its purest form. Now, Sam, you have no familiarity with the Babysitter's Club, right? You didn't even know what it was prior. I did not. Like, no clue. It it was one of the most formative chapter book series for tween girls. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's no Junie B. Jones. But, like, it is. It is at that level. It's at a Junie B. Jones level. Oh, yeah. Babysitter's Club. Like a Captain Underpants level? Yeah. Oh, I, I am unfamiliar. Yeah, I believe that they released in the 90s and early 2000s. So they were already kind of old by the time I was reading them, but they're timeless. They are classic. You watched some of the episodes with me. I already watched the entire series and I just loved it so much. It managed to be both nostalgic, but totally fresh with the updates it made to set it in a 2020 world. The cast was adorable. Mark Evan Jackson was in it, which was just like the best surprise I am also Mark. I do like Mark Evan Jackson. What were your thoughts on the episodes that you watched? I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I feel like it definitely skews younger. Um, I'd say it probably falls in that like six to eleven range as far as like the the audience for this show. I watched a couple episodes. You are very clearly a Marianne based on the few episodes that I saw. Yes, yeah, Sam pegged me as a Marianne so fast with like zero context of anything. Marianne is just 
a shy, anxious being that I want to protect because that is me. <laughs> yeah, she gets called up to uh, make like a <laughs> to talk about her her day or her week in front of maybe like twenty people. And instead of doing that, she just runs off crying. <laughs> Such a mood. She's <laughs> like, I can't, I can't public speak like this. Too much pressure. Also, when she has to pick up the phone during a babysitter's club meeting, and she, you know, talking about the phone being a nemesis. Yeah, if there's one criticism I have for the show, it's get rid of that landline. Okay, but you missed the first <laughs> episode because the best part about that show is like that landline is such, it's like a symbol of the series and- they found a way to make it make sense, but you didn't watch the pilot with me. I did not. So no, you don't it doesn't know make that. Se- it does not make sense to me. Yeah. Why Claudia- they have a landline. <laughs> Claudia got Especially it on- Especially when all of them have cell phones. Claudia got it on Etsy. I see. And they need, uh, they need their own Babysitter's Club number. Yeah, but shouldn't that be on a cell phone as well? That way, if someone calls you and no one's in the office, you can still respond to the, <laughs> to the call. Okay, but anyways, enough on, I could gush for days. Maybe we could do a podcast specifically about Babysitter's Club. Maybe, but we have so much more to cover here in the Lizzie McGuire world first. So back to our, you know, early 2000s Lizzie McGuire content. This week, we are going to be recapping episode 121, Lizzie Strikes Out. In this episode... Lizzie's plans with Ethan and her dad clash on the same night, and Miranda tries to help Gordo overcome his bowling phobia. This episode aired on August 31st, 2001. Lizzie's so scatterbrained in this episode. If she really cared about Ethan so much, how does she not know that she's double-booked herself? I know. Lizzie's all over the place. She really is. She needs an agenda or a calendar or, like, something. Overall, this episode ranks, I think, on the high end for me. There's some good content. There's a lot of stories happening. Yeah, I agree. Like, none of the characters did anything super problematic, as they have in prior episodes that really bothered me. I wasn't, I wasn't very bothered by, for example, Gordo in this episode. I thought that Gordo was just kind of funny. And also, we are both bowling connoisseurs, so... We love bowling. So this hit... You know, a little bit close to home. Yes, we both love bowling and miss bowling greatly. Though we don't really bowl that much in New York anyway. We generally picked things to be competitive about on our dates. Like we did a lot of bowling and mini golf. What does that say about us? I don't know because we also, it's like, oh, it can be cute if you don't take it seriously, but we both take these things very seriously. You have to take it seriously. This yeah. is a no. This is a joke-free zone. There's no jokes here. Yeah, like at mini golf, when they ask you, "Do you want a scorecard?" Of course, I want a scorecard. Yeah, who do you think we are? <laughs> Get that joke out of here. But anyways, so this episode is a lot of Lizzie being Lizzie, Sam McGuire back and better than ever. Nice subplot with Miranda and Gordo. I know I don't. I know that I often say that Gordo and Miranda don't really exist without Lizzie, but I have to take that back in this episode because... Yeah, they were having some moments. Yeah, there was an entire subplot with the two of them that had nothing to do with Lizzie. Although it did get a little weird. It was like Miranda was like classically conditioning Gordo. (laughs) (laughs) Like she was Pavlov and, and he was the dog. Life coach. Yeah. Yeah. So should we just dive in? 
yes. So the episode starts off at the Digital Bean, and we open with Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda talking about their most embarrassing moments. What a way to start an episode. Lizzie's is that she ripped her pants in front of the entire class. She dropped her chalk on the ground, bent over to pick it up, and rip. This is certainly embarrassing. On the embarrassing scale, I would probably put this at around a seven. Then Gordo, his most embarrassing moment has to do with bowling. He got nine gutter balls in a row, and he got so overwhelmed by this that his fingers swelled up, got stuck in the bowling ball, and he had to have it surgically removed. Initially, this is not that embarrassing, right? Throwing nine straight gutter balls is a little bit embarrassing, but it's not super embarrassing. That's probably like a three out of 10 on the embarrassing scale. But then getting a bowling ball stuck to your fingers, very embarrassing. That probably brings it up to maybe an eight. Okay, okay. And then Miranda's most embarrassing moment is um, in a Christmas pageant, she threw up on a 10 Lord a leaping. Yes, um... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he's just a Lord of Leaping. You don't need to... He's not a 10 Lord of Leaping. He's just a Lord of Leaping. Didn't she say a 10 Lord of Leaping? No, one of the 10 Lords of Leaping. One of a 10 Lords of Leaping. Because they're... Right, I get it. Do you it. not know how the song works? I get it. I get it. <laughs> Christmas songs are not my forte. This, uh, you know, throwing up on somebody, definitely up there on the embarrassing scale, probably a nine. Miranda gets Miranda the most wins. embarrassing <laughs> moment award. And then Miranda says, until now, because Ethan Kraft is there and he hears the end of Miranda's story and he responds, don't worry, Miranda, holidays are tough for everyone. Yeah, it's a tough time. It's very anxiety anxiety inducing. People get trampled on Black Friday. It's It's a rough time. Yeah. And then Ethan engages in a film conversation with Gordo He really liked the last movie that Gordo recommended to him and calls him his own little film critic, to which Gordo lets Ethan know that there is a showing of Psycho this weekend. And a classic Ethan Craft line emerges where he's like, isn't that in black and white? I'm more of a color guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't want to see Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Norman! I mean, fair. Just watch Bates Motel instead. Yeah, just watch Bates Motel. It's in color. It is in color, yeah. And Ethan's like, and that won't work anyways, because he and his friends are going bowling Friday night. Now, Miranda's response is, huh, what a coincidence. We are also going bowling Friday night. They weren't, but they are now. Yeah, and like seconds after Gordo has just revealed his most uh, embarrassing moment of his entire life. This is just rude. I know, way to be triggering. (laughs) Yeah, he really does not want to go bowling with them. And Lizzie's like, we are? We are! And Ethan is like, cool, we'll hang. And on his way out, he, you know, kind of pats Gordo on the back and tells him that he's probably an ace with the pins too because what can't Gordo do? Gordo is good at everything except bowling. And Gordo is immediately anxious He does not want to have another bowling incident. I mean, yeah, that was 8 out of 10 embarrassing, as we established. Yeah. And so, basically, 
I would say this is on the longer end of an opening scene, but the TLDR that I wrote down in my notes is essentially Miranda and Lizzie invite themselves to go bowling with Ethan and his friends. Um, This also somehow means that Lizzie is going to marry Ethan because that also came up during this part. Logic. Logic. That's how that works. Cut to theme song. Now, pretty standard, we are at the McGuire house. Lizzie is on the phone and she's saying, oh my gosh, a lot, to which Sam deduces that Lizzie is obviously excited about something. And he's just really feeling like, I don't know what's going on in my daughter's life. I don't even know her. Yeah, all Sam wants is to be a good dad. He just wants to connect with his daughter, understand her pain, her anguish, the drama, dare I say, that goes on in her life. So much drama. But, you know, it's hard because she's a teenager and she keeps them at arm's length. Yeah, and we really see true, earnest Sam McGuire in this episode, right? Like, he means so well. He tries so hard. And Joe is sort of the realist in this episode where she's like, they're teenagers. This is what they do. Everything we do annoys them. It's just how it is right now. And Sam's like, no, I'm going to bond with my daughter. I'm going to ask Lizzie if she wants to have dinner this weekend. Just the two of them. Not only that, he's going to change his entire vernacular to make himself cool again. Correct. He's going to become the real Sam Shady. Throwback to uh, 2001 Eminem. I mean, Lizzie McGuire is always up to speed. This, with... is, the closest, this is the closest Disney Channel will ever get to Eminem. It's true. <laughs> so this is one of the episodes where we have more than we have a we have three stories going right we have the a the b and the c yes we have three stories going on here we have of course the main story about bowling and and sam mcguire we have the b story with gordo or i guess technically this story has kind of come up first so we have the b story with matt and lanny trying to figure out how to get back at their schoolyard bully and then we have our third story which is miranda being gordo's life coach yes so now we are at the introduction of the B story, which, as you mentioned, is all about Matt and Lanny figuring out how to get back at their school bully, who apparently throw them like they're footballs. So this, it's weird, right? Because if we can fast forward to the end of this story a little bit, it never really gets resolved. The bully ends up kind of like taking himself out. So yeah. I wonder if this episode was supposed to come before the episode with the mini golf tournament. Oh, maybe because it's the same bully. Yeah, it's the same would. kid. Yeah. So I wonder if this was supposed to come first because obviously at the end of the mini golf tournament, it seems like Lizzie bullies the bully, and then he's no longer a bully. How many times can I say bully in one sentence? Yeah, Lizzie McGuire is nothing if not a slew of continuity problems. So. <laughs> But yeah, this kid is kind of a jerk. He throws them around like footballs, which, question, how? He is the same size as them. He lifts. You gotta lift, bro. Gotta lift. And then in one of the stranger things I've seen on this show in a while, um, Lanny is under a blanket, and he's under a blanket because he is naked. Apparently the um, Haywood stole... Lanny's clothes. And then instead of going back to his house, Lanny was like, you know where I will go naked? 
<laughs> the McGuire's. At McGuire's house. Yeah, I don't, that makes no sense. And he has a blanket wrapped around him. And like also wouldn't Matt just give Lanny some clothes? You would think he would, but. <laughs> like I just have so, the more I think about this, the more questions I have. Yeah, this scene didn't really make very much sense. This B story in general is my least favorite part of the episode. It doesn't really make sense or need to be there. I would agree. No Matt McGuire for MVP. Spoiler alert. But anyways, they come up with a plan. They're going to, I mean, the plan is to lift, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the plan is literally to lift and become buff. Yeah. And that Work way, out until they're bigger than their bully. And then they can beat him up, I guess. I guess. Or intimidate him. No, it's got to be... <laughs> It's got to be retributional, right? Like, clearly they have an axe to grind. You mean to say that the Disney Channel is condoning child-on-child violence? I think so. I think it's condoning working out if it's in the the name of justice. Disney, what you doing? (laughs) Okay, and then we cut back to the kitchen where it's the big moment for Sam. He is going to ask Lizzie to have dinner with him. And he starts off this conversation perfectly- by asking, what's hap? What's the hap? Um, yeah, and Lizzie is immediately suspicious. She's like, why is he asking me this? Am I in trouble? I'll just say Matt did it, you know, because nothing good happens when uh, your parent asks you, what's the hap? And then is like, <laughs> I have something to ask you. Right. But the ask is, you know, just to have dinner together on Friday night. Lizzie's response is, don't we have dinner together every night? Which is nice that the Maguires have dinner together every night. And Sam says, yeah, 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 but I'm talking just the two of us, like a daddy-daughter date night. For me, one of the worst parts of this episode is Sam Maguire referring to himself as daddy. He's a daddy. When he (laughs) (laughs) Um, To his 13-year-old daughter. Lizzie's like, sure, I guess so. It'll be fun. Like, she is willing, but not enthused. To which Sam's response is, well, gotta just say play the clip. Oh, yeah, we have this clip now. This is my new clip. Coolionis. Coolionis. Love it. A perfect response. A perfect addition (laughs) to the Sam McGuire soundboard. Coolionis. Can we pause and just remind the listeners what is on the soundboard? Well, obviously, we have so much drama. I've played that several times already, I believe. Yeah. We have... Thanks a lot, you muggle. And we have... I can't believe I'm going to meet Eric Carter. There are not enough uses for that one. I, well, it's there if we need it, so... I know. I forget about it sometimes. Well, I feel like this one will be more applicable in in a wider variety of situations. Coolionis. It's a good clip. So Lizzie is going to have dinner with her dad. And then we cut back to school. Gordo is reading a book called The Dude Strikes Out. He doesn't want to be limited by his fears, he says. He, you know, Lizzie can now do math again without ripping her pants. Miranda can sing without puking. Gordo wants to be able to bowl. So Miranda, yeah, she sees that Gordo is really struggling here. And so Miranda says that she will take on the bird and she will become Gordo's life coach. She's very excited for this opportunity to help Gordo overcome his fear of bowling? Well, okay, so Miranda nails it, right? Because Gordo says, like, you're not going to be able to help me learn to bowl. And Miranda's like, well, it's not about bowling. 
right? It's, it's, it's mental. It's more about his anxiety due to his perfectionism, right? It's not actually about the bowling. It's yeah. about Gordo's inability to accept that it's okay to not be amazing at everything. You know, Miranda just understands Gordo on a way that nobody else does. <laughs> in this episode, that is correct. I think in general, that's correct. And Gordo agrees to let Miranda help him. And she's like, that's a first, but she's excited. And then we get this like random scene with Mr. Dig and Lizzie in the hallway. They have a conversation where he just kind of gets really conceptual with her, right? She's like, oh, I didn't know we have a sub today. And he's like, you don't know what you don't know. I don't even know that I know that Mr. Digg's name is Mr. Digg. Because- right, because <laughs> half the time it's Mr. Digg and half the time it's Mr. Diggs. Yeah, pick In a the lane. same scene. <laughs> pick a lane. <laughs> I know. Like, what is your name? When I Googled it, Google says it's Mr. Digg, so I'm going to say it's Mr. Digg. We can be consistent, even if the show cannot. Okay, Mr. Digg. Yes, singular. Um, so Mr. Digg walks away and Miranda and Gordo join Lizzie and Lizzie tells them about her conversation with her dad last night and how he wants to have dinner with her on Friday night, to which they reply, Friday night? It can't be Friday night. That's when we're going bowling. And Lizzie's like, oh, no, I thought bowling was Saturday night. And they're like, no, no, no. It's Friday night. So now Lizzie has double booked herself. She has. And you've skipped over, you know, essentially the crux of Gordo's episode, which is his new motto. Bowling is fun. Bowling is good. Bowling will not make my fingers swell. Yes, that is Gordo's mantra for the entire episode. (laughs) I should have pulled that and put it on the soundboard. Oh, well, I can maybe do it later. (laughs) But yeah, Gordo is like he he's very he leans into self-deprecation as any good Jew does. Um, he says that he maybe <laughs> he can go have dinner with Lizzie's dad and then Lizzie can go bowling instead. He, he's just very leaning into the, like I said, the, del- the self-deprecating bowling humor. And then Miranda will like snap at him and then he will say, bowling is fun, bowling is good. Bowling will not make my fingers swell. So... Gordo and Miranda are like, Lizzie, what are you going to do? And Lizzie's like, obviously, I'm going to cancel with my dad. What else am I supposed to do? He'll understand. And then we get this, like, long pause and some meaningful music. Like, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this episode was, like, this happened multiple times where it would just end a scene on, like, weird, sad piano music and just a character thinking. Well, Lizzie thinking. No, but it happens in the next scene, too, with Sam McGuire. Or maybe not the next scene, the scene after the next scene, where they're in the kitchen, and Lizzie tells Sam that she's going to hang out with her friends, and then he's like, oh, and then it's just, like, sad music as he hangs his head. (laughs) Yeah. But the next scene, I I don't want to skip over our all-important B story, is of Matt doing crunches, trying to get buff. Correct. And... When it is decided that that is not the way, Matt says that they're going to try for invisibility next. And the way they do that is they put, I guess, baby powder, right? Like white powder. Oh, I just thought it was full on paint. It looks more powdery. I don't know. They make themselves white, which I'm going to push back on. There's no problematic things in this episode because I think that making Lanny white is a problematic thing. 
I don't think that's the intention. It's not the intention, but it's the optics are not good. The optics are not good. They should have chosen a blue wall. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't work anyways because Sam McGuire walks right past them and, and sees them, and Matt's like, Thanks a lot, you muggle. Yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> Invisibility was supposed to work. Yeah, it did not work. And then in the next scene, we get, you know, peak adorable Sam McGuire. He is trying so hard, right, to make this dinner special. He asks, he comes up with, like, restaurant suggestions. Um, he suggests, like, what, an Indian restaurant? Yeah, some a new experience for them. Yeah, try some new cuisine. And then we also get some, like, vaguely problematic cartoon Lizzie being like a, what is this, with a snake? A snake charmer? Yeah. Again, it was a choice that was made. And Sam just gets shut down. Lizzie tells him about her bowling plans, and he plays it off cool. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I understand. Like, go out with your friends. It's fine. And Lizzie's like, I have a great idea, though. You can drive me to the bowling alley. That's like 10 minutes away. Plenty of time for bonding. Yeah, it's not really the same thing. And I would even argue that what happens at the end is not really the same thing. Yeah. Like, Lizzie gets off real easy. She does. Of course, Um, it all works out. But yeah, Lizzie is like, okay, this went better than I thought it would. She sort of, like, skips away. And then we get this long shot of sad Sam McGuire. Yeah, he just hangs his head. He's like, oh, so sad. And then we're back at school. We're back with Gordo and Miranda. He is repeating his bowling mantra, and Miranda proclaims that he is ready for phase two, which is close your eyes, visualize the bowling alley, and be the ball. Be the ball. Um, She gives Gordo multiple panic attacks. Well, yeah, why would you want to be the ball or the pins? <laughs> Especially the pins. Yeah. Like the pins' sole job is just to be abused. You just want to be the person. So to be the bowler. <laughs> yeah, you just want to be the individual playing the game. And then we get another bizarre Mr. Dig moment where he is on a scooter and he literally just like crashes into a tree. Yeah, and it doesn't really make sense, right? Because it's a kick scooter. You can't be going that fast. Especially once you enter the grass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he crashes into a tree. I don't understand why Mr. Dig is in this episode. He serves as, um, he helps Gordo along on his emotional journey. So is this really, is Gordo really the protagonist of this episode? No, it's still Lizzie. (laughs) But Mr. Dig only exists to move Gordo's story forward. That's true, but Gordo is not, is not the central character. He does not go on the main emotional journey. He is the C story. But he goes on more of an emotional journey. Then Lizzie? Then Matt. Then Matt, sure. But, you know, Matt is a McGuire. So he gets the B. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Mr. Dig crashes into a tree. And basically the whole point of this scene is, like, he totally wiped out in front of everybody and was like, eh, that happened. It's part of my journey. Yeah, either that or he has a concussion. He probably has a concussion. (laughs) Um, so that's why I said that Mr. Dig really is just kind of serving Gordo's plot, right? Like it happens in front of him and it's like meant to show that 
it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world to fail, to fumble, to fall. Yeah, someone should really promote Mr. Dig to full-time faculty so yeah. that he can really <laughs> so that he can really take credit for these moments in a substantive way. And from there, we are back to Matt and Lanny who are now working on a scheme to get Haywood and they're they are testing this scheme out on Lizzie. So they are camouflaged up. They hear Lizzie approaching and they're like, let's hide. Lizzie enters the kitchen and Matt has positioned some gooey substance on the floor that Lizzie steps in. So she is stuck and then they proceed to run out of hiding with cellophane and just start wrapping Lizzie in cellophane wrap. I don't know if anything is this sticky, like where it's just the right consistency where you can get stuck in it and then remain stuck in it immediately. But yeah, this is Operation Mummy, as Matt says, because I guess the goal would be to wrap Lizzie in cellophane completely like a mummy. You know, it's not a bad idea as far as Matt's ideas go. I mean, not a bad idea as far as uh, mad ideas go for sure, but if you have this glue kind of substance that really acts in this way, there must be more interesting ways to use this, no? Yeah, probably. But like, for example, <laughs> just like put it down in the bully's chair before he sits there. That's true. But they got a mummy, him. I guess so. It doesn't really work, though, because they immediately get dizzy. They only really succeed in <laughs> in getting, like, you know, getting around Lizzie maybe three or four times. Yeah, and then they're like, this is it. We are through. But confirmed, it will work if they do it correctly. Yes. And then Lizzie yells for her mom. Mom! And, and then we cut to a scene with Joe and... Lizzie, you know, as sad as I am to say, you know, this is a Sam McGuire episode, but I think this is the clip I want to play. Yeah. Um, it's the classic mother daughter moment. Joe just fully, <laughs> fully guilting Lizzie here. It's extremely effective. Yeah, it is. All right, here we go. So, your dad told me you canceled your plans with him. Oh, yeah, but he understands why, right? Oh, yeah, your dad knows you'd rather spend time with your friends. Oh, <laughs> it's just that me, Gord, and Miranda usually spend Fridays together. Yeah, I think he just thought it would be fun for you guys to spend a few hours together for a change, that's all. Well, when you put it like that... Oh, don't worry. Your dad just, he doesn't always understand where your priorities are. My priorities? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, your friends are the people that you want to spend time with, and your family are the people that you have to spend time with. But that's not how I feel exactly. Honey, I get it. Your dad's just a little slower when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, look at that. I think those look perfect. You can totally wear these tomorrow night. Yeah. Have fun. Joe McGuire, so effective. <laughs> again we get the really weird sad piano music um it's like this is so melodramatic it is but great work right like she this is very clearly intentional right this is what joe means to accomplish yeah this is some reverse psychology level uh talent and it's like sometimes 
Joe is very bad at being subtle, but this time she nailed it. So Lizzie is feeling awfully guilty now about blowing her dad off for her friends. As she should. How can you just diss Sam McGuire thusly? My big thing with this episode that I don't understand is these are such manufactured stakes. Like, why is this an all or nothing situation? Why couldn't Lizzie just be like, hey, dad, I know I said I would get dinner with you on Friday, but I accidentally already made plans with my friends. So could we do dinner together on Saturday night instead? Boom. Problem solved. Episode over. On Saturday, they might be doing something else. But yeah, I I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why can't they just reschedule? Like, it doesn't have to be this whole big emotional crisis. Well, yeah, as soon as Lizzie said in the kitchen, like, can we reschedule? I thought, oh, that's going to be it. But then she makes it worse by saying we can spend 10 minutes in the car together. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so from there, Lizzie's feeling guilty. And then we are back with Matt and Lanny and... The, conclu- the weird conclusion to this B story um, in which, as you kind of previously mentioned, Haywood just ends up taking himself out. <laughs> yeah, he just like wipes out on his skateboard. And is apparently in a full body cast. Ouch. <clears throat> yeah, that's, uh, that's not great. And Matt's like, hey, I guess we don't need to like worry about this anymore. To which Lanny starts kind of like full body flailing, right? That's the most I think I've ever seen... Lanny physically communicates something. Well, yeah, Lanny really wants to cellophane somebody. Yeah, and Matt's like, you're right, Lanny. We can't lose our edge. Well, they've walked in with like a dozen rolls of cellophane. So, you know, it has to be put to use somehow. But anyways, that is that. Problem solved. Bully is maimed. Boom. It's just that easy. That easy. (laughs) I mean, everything in this episode is just that easy. Truly. Honestly, it's Miranda who puts in the most work. I would agree with that. But yeah, then we get a... a, Are they at the weird cafe here? Yeah, they're at the Digital Bean. And... I just don't understand this weird cafe. It kind of looks like, like college dorm room, common room. Yeah. Or like the... The lounge in Zoe 101. I just just don't understand. It's like this weird, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like weird, like pastel furniture. You're right. Wait, you watched Zoe 101? I watched enough episodes to, you know, get a feel for the decor of the, where, where's the institution that they're at? Pacific Coast Academy. Oh, thanks. PCA. But yeah. So anyways, they're back at the weird cafe and, um, This is kind of, you know, where the C story really begins to take shape because Miranda tells Gordo that he can just do stuff to have fun. He doesn't need to be the best at everything. And Gordo is like, I never thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be the best always. I mean, does that not speak to you at all? I mean, why else do we, as you mentioned, go bowling and mini golfing all the time? This kind of sets up what's going to happen in the climactic bowling scene but at this moment lizzie walks in and tells her friends that she feels guilty about ditching sam mcguire yeah she's like the stuff with my dad is so complicated and i'm like is it though (laughs) it's not until ethan is just hovering over her like hey gonna see you later right and then she's like I'll be there, sad piano music. And she just gazes up into his eyes. Gazes up into his eyes. And then 
he walks away and then once again we get the repetition of the i think should we play that so we can actually hear the sad piano music you want to actually about it a lot you want to actually hear some sad piano i mean we heard some sad piano music in the was there sad piano music when lizzie was talking to joe i guess there was but yeah you want to hear so. you want to hear more sad piano music i guess so hey lizzie check your balloon right oh yeah i'll be there I think. Ugh. I forgot that ugh at the end. (laughs) I wish someone would just follow me around and play sad piano music. (laughs) I don't even have to be doing anything particularly sad. I just like, I can just picture myself maybe like ordering something at a takeout window. And I'm just maybe looking at the menu, but there's just sad piano music playing. And people would watch me and think, is this guy okay right now? Yeah, Charlie Browning. (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, that gives us uh, that takes us right into bowling, the moment that we've all been waiting for. The moment we've been waiting for. Is that from Rent? It's from Hamilton. <laughs> you just saw it. I know. I was just kidding. You can't just say the moment you've been waiting for without me going the moment we've been waiting for. I mean, that's not the first time someone said the moment we've been waiting for. Yes, but now you will understand all my Hamilton references. Anyways. Lizzie's really good at bowling. I mean, I wouldn't say that. We saw her get one strike. Like, anybody can get one strike. Um, excuse me. She got all the strikes, she said. She said she got all the strikes, but did we see it? No, we did not. Although, I would argue that even seeing is not believing. If the throw of the key across the lake is anything, <laughs> is, is our indication. Oh, yeah, they totally, <laughs> you know, cut and, like, Get someone who can actually bowl a strike to bowl a strike. I mean, or maybe not. Who am I to question Hillary Depp's abilities? Yeah, I would argue that they're not even at a bowling alley. A bowling alley is a terrible place to shoot a film. It's so loud in there. Well, they probably got the whole place to themselves. I guess so. Anyways, so yeah, Lizzie gets a strike. Then um, it's Gordo's turn. Well, no. First, Ethan tells her, Lizzie, you rock. Yeah, you so totally rock. She does. And then it's Gordo's turn. And Gordo walks up. I believe he says the mantra one final time. Yes, bowling is fun. Bowling is good. Bowling will not make my fingers swell. Yes. And he lets it go. He does the thing that I do when I know I ha- I bowled a bad one. When you're kind of like waving your hand in the direction you hope the ball will start going in. Like you can generate enough wind to make <laughs> yeah. the ball go back towards the pins. Yeah. But alas, Gordo gets a gutter ball. But then he cheers. He's like, yes. Yeah, he's trolling himself. He is, and I'd love to see it. Because, <laughs> you know, this episode knocked Gordo down a few pegs. And, like, we needed that from Gordo. Gordo has been on his high horse for quite some time. Yeah, and Miranda's happy for his failure, too. Yeah, they hug. Yeah. And Gordo's like, I stink. And Miranda's like, yeah, that was so bad. And he goes, thank you, Miranda. I couldn't stink so bad without you. (laughs) I mean, I would argue he could, (laughs) but you know. Also important to note that in this scene, Miranda is an outfit repeater. Oh, uh uh-oh. Well, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah. Um, But Ethan doesn't get it. He thought Gordo said he was good at this, which Gordo never said. Ethan said that about Gordo. Right. And he tells you know, Gordo, that he stinks. And Miranda's like, yeah, he does stink. And I'm proud of him. 
Just such a great friendship moment. Oh, it could be more. Okay. <laughs> and then we are with Lizzie, who is sitting, you know, at the scoring little thing, machine, I guess you could say. And she, you know, talks about her moment of clarity where she had to just put herself in her dad's shoes. And the ultimate resolution of this episode is that Lizzie invited Sam to go bowling with them. He is there. He brought them food. And he is participating in the bowling activities. Not only is he participating, he has some sort of bowling past that we, I don't think we knew anything about. No. He has an American flag bowling ball. And apparently his nickname is Striking Sam. And it's not for his good looks. Boom. And then he gets a strike. He does. And Lizzie's like, Dad, I'm really glad you're here. And Sam replies, Lizzie, I'm really glad you included me in your plans. And Lizzie admits to getting, you know, a bit caught up in her own world, which, yes, girl, that is the crux of every episode. You've just nailed the show on the head. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't seem like what Sam McGuire wanted at all. It seemed like he wanted some one-on-one time with Lizzie, not Lizzie and her entire class. That's true. But I think Sam is still appreciative that he must be doing something right if Lizzie's not totally embarrassed to be seen with him in front of all of her friends. Sam, you're so dumb. And yeah, the McGuire's are, you know, low-key bowling savants. Yeah, if Lizzie was looking for whatever her calling is, it's not rhythmic gymnastics. It's It's clearly bowling. bowling. Or mini golf, because apparently she's a prodigy at both things. True. Our favorite things. Yeah. And then, yep, Sam gets a strike, striking Sam, end of episode. And may I just say, what an adorable Sam McGuire episode. Yep, glad to see Sam McGuire back on the screen. Yeah, it's been a minute since we got some quality Sam McGuire content, but he didn't disappoint. He never disappoints. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this episode was pretty good. It was, it had the humor, it had the heart, it had, you know, some fairly unnecessary Matt content. I think you could have cut the B story. I think so. It it, it becomes very clear when Matt is forced into an episode, and this was definitely one of them. Yeah, I think the problem is that they're just in a situation where Lizzie and Matt, especially if they're both at school, like they just don't interact that much. So it's like their stories, even though they're both principal cast, have to be so different. It's not like if you're looking at another show like That 70s Show or something where it's like you can mix and match the kinds of stories that you have with any of them because they're all, you know, essentially in the same location, going through the same experiences, like Lizzie and Matt are in two uh, two totally different places. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does not. I still would say that my favorite moments comedically are when they are together and the episodes that focus on their relationship. I would agree. But yeah, that was our recap. Should we talk about some outfits? Let's talk about some outfits. Cool. Where do you want to start? Well, we got to start at the beginning. Uh, And I have pulled up Miranda's outfit at the Digital Bean in the first scene. And I I think I'm immediately drawn to the visor. Me too. I can't really make out what the actual design of it is. Me either. But it is tilted to the side because that is how you wear a visor. It is. 
It just looks like stars. I mean, yeah, they have to, no brand logos. Can't have logos here. No product placement. Right. And then she's wearing, you know, a, a longer short sleeve, sort of like a baseball tee situation. Yeah, I would say so. You know? Nothing extraordinary outfit-wise. Um, no, it's really just the, the visor, I guess, that I would want to draw attention to. We have a return of the cow print apron. Gotta love a good cow apron from Sam McGuire. Uh, and you know what? Clearly, he's learned a thing or two about cooking. So Growth. Yeah, growth. We don't see it. It happens off camera, but it's happening. And he's not wearing a tie at his house. Growth. Growth. <laughs> Yeah, love love to see it. Love to see it. All right, the next outfit that I have pulled up. Oh, you're gonna skip over Lanny's blanket. <laughs> I was going to skip over Lanny's blanket. Please do. Okay, uh, the next outfit that I would like to pull out is, of course, Mr. Dig. Mr. Dig is fly. He has his ear pierced twice. Two piercings, not just one. He definitely would be like the hot substitute teacher. Do you think Mr. Dig has a different color set of headphones for whatever color his outfit is? Because he hair he in this scene he's got some yellow headphones to go along with his bright yellow shirt. He does. Or is it more likely it just matches his yellow Walkman? No, I think that uh I think that he has a different set of headphones for any occasion. Now the next outfit that I would like to talk about is Miranda once again. Um, and this is something that I pointed out to you in the moment as well. But uh, Miranda in this hallway scene sporting some pretty fly boots. Yeah, I mean, so Miranda in this scene is wearing a fairly, you know, muted pastel color palette. Light tones, very under the radar skirt and shirt combo. But then when you get the full body shot, you see these super fly boots like Look at them. They are crazy. They, they're these like black combat boots that lace up like halfway up her, what, calf? Those are cool. You would want those a pair of those. Those are punk. Yeah. Random adults in the background of this, <laughs> of this shot. Um, all right. Next scene, we have another scene between Miranda and Gordo. This time she's uh, working on, on coaching him, telling him he's the ball and the pins and stuff. And Miranda kind of looks like what comes out of a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> I like it. She has another crazy hat. Is Miranda Sanchez a hat icon? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, she's got this and then the sweater again. I don't know. It just it looks very jack-in-the-box to me. That's all, I, that's all I can really think of when I see that outfit. All right. Uh, and then let's fast forward to the end when you called Miranda an outfit repeater. Yes, please. Uh, I see what you mean. You're talking about her hat, which we commented on the last episode. Yes, she's wearing the same hat that she wore in part of the previous episode, Educating Ethan. It's the colorful square patch hat. Well, you know, it's it's her favorite hat, you know? It's just who she is. Yeah. Look at that thick headband that Lizzie is wearing, too. Yeah, it looks like pleather. It Why does. Why is it so reflecty? I also noticed that uh, Lizzie's shirt says Brick House. Does that mean anything? You don't know that song? Maybe I would she's know. a brick. Oh. House. Yeah, I know that song. Classic. Classic. All right. Uh, should we talk about MVPs? Yes, let's talk about MVPs. I believe it's your turn to go first. No, I went first last time. It's your turn to go first. What? I went first. 
You went first? Yeah. I go first on the even episodes, and you go first on the odd episodes. Oh, Because okay. you went so first my, first. All right. So it's my turn to go first? Yeah. So in this episode, I would like to give my MVP award for a second consecutive episode to Miranda Sanchez, who I believe really just grabbed this episode um, and ran with it. She decided that she would become Gordo's life coach. She made Gordo palatable for the first time in probably 10 episodes. (laughs) She really (laughs) took ownership of her little project. And you know what? It worked out. Gordo became a better person all under Miranda's tutelage. And I just, I, I really liked Miranda in this episode. And again, her outfit game was on point. So Miranda, back to back, you are my MVP. I agree with everything you just said. I I think Miranda might be my back-to-back MVP too. Miranda Sanchez making waves. Uh, yeah, making a push here. She she won't be left behind. This pulls her up to second place, I believe. I feel bad. This would have been the opportune time to give an MVP to Sam McGuire. Uh, that's true. Should I give my MVP to Sam McGuire? Well, no, I, I can make a, I can make a case for Sam. You could make a case for Sam, but I don't want you to go against what you have in your heart. That's true. Can I give Sam an honorable mention though? But yeah, I agree with you. I think that Miranda made the most of every moment she had on screen. I think that this episode just really worked for her. While Lizzie was off being so confused about the complications that arise when you double book yourself. Miranda was making her, you know, sometimes condescending and misogynistic friend a better person. That is why Miranda is two for two on MVP this week. Boom. Boom. Get it. And that is another recap. So as always, follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. Yep, this episode, along with the earlier episodes that we recorded, will be available at www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters, where we will also update the photos of the outfits we talked about today. Yeah, and be sure to tune in next week for episode 22, Untitled Stan Jensen Project. Who the heck is Stan Jensen? I don't know if he's a real person of relevance, but it is a film-heavy episode, and therefore it is a Gordo-heavy episode. Okay, I guess we'll find out.